listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 473. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we take a look at the season one finale of the Amazon Prime video series, Outer Range. And I am ready for the objects to start being thrown at me. Uh, Fred already lobbed a you know, minor grenade in his feedback, as did Scott. But, hey, I'm standing firm, dude. Okay. We will get to that in a little bit. How's your week so far? Yeah, so far, so so. I guess <laughs> no, it's good. My, uh, you know, my sister is in town with her kids and everything. So busy. We've been seeing them a lot. Yeah, and uh, going out and hanging out at my parents' pool. And it's my daughter's birthday yesterday, so we had like a little mini kind of birthday party for her and everything. So it was nice. Yeah, and you just had a big anniversary. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yep, yep. Twenty-five years. Yeah, just a mere blip on the radar. Seems dude. like only seems like seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, our wives don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of listening to the podcast, if you guys want to shoot us feedback, sci fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com is the way you can do it. You can also post in the Facebook group. Um, we often will use Facebook posts as feedback, so if you prefer to do it that way. Have at it. You know, the the one piece of news I wanted to bring up this week, and I'm sure you saw it, as I'm sure a lot of you guys out there saw the death of Nichelle Nichols, the trailblazing actress who played Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek series. So, uh, you know, again, it's hard to overestimate the the importance that she played as a as an African-American actress in the mid sixties, which, you know, was, wasn't right. And to be given a position of importance you know, in terms of her character as well. So, you know, we will miss her, but she lives on in star Trek, the original series. Yeah, absolutely. And the movies and the movies, right? All oh, right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yep. Yep. And, and she did a lot of the uh, con circuit. So there are videos out there that, you know, if, if first of all, if you don't know who she is, I mean, certainly Google her and, and, you know, and I understand a lot of Star Trek fans came on board with you know, Star Trek Next Generation and, and maybe really didn't pay much heed to the original. But anyway, um, but, you know, it's like, I mean, she's definitely an icon as yes. you know, pretty much all the cast members of, of the original show, uh, for sure. But, uh, but her in particular, and um, as being, you know, like really, as, as you said, you know, a person of color on in, in a very, the world that at the time uh, you saw very few uh, faces other than white ones on television or in movies. Yep. And, uh, you know, and again, again, it's not lost that she was an officer, not, you know, an enlisted right. person. So, uh, not a red shirt. Yeah, exactly. Though I believe um, her uniform was red, but, you know. Okay. Now, I'm kind of combining my tip of the week and what we're watching. And, and again, I am preparing myself for the torches and <laughs> pitchforks. But I want to recommend, I haven't finished the season yet. I'm over halfway through. It is on Amazon Prime Video, and it is called Paper Girls. And I don't know if you've seen it on your Prime Video feed or not. But I will say, and, and you know, once you you get into the show, 
Um, and, and I've read some spoiler-free reviews, so, you know, <laughs> got enough experience to be careful now. But critics across the board are praising it, many, including me, and I understand this is sacrilege of the highest order. You know, it's better than Stranger Things. Whoa. Okay. Now, once you get in, it follows four 12-year-old girls who come together as paper girls. In other words, they are delivering the morning paper in 1988. Oh, I thought it was going to be like some kind of animated thing where it's actually like little pieces of paper that were going uh, No, no. Now, it did start as a, as a comic. And, and apparently, and again, I'm not a comic fan. So, you know, you know, oh, this comic was so popular. How could you not know about it? Well, I'm just not in my world. But apparently it was a very popular comic. Like a lot of comics, they're bringing them to the small screen. And I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail. It is clearly science fiction. So it would certainly be in our wheelhouse. And I'm not saying I want to do it, but I'm just saying it's it's clearly science fiction. No question, no doubt. Uh, the acting is great. The story is great. Actually, it's a little hard to follow some of the things that are going on. I almost need to take notes at this point. But <laughs> relatively short episode length, 38 to 45 minutes or so. I believe there are eight episodes. I've watched the first five. So Paper Girls, Prime Video. Okay. This past week, really, I haven't uh, watched anything new. I've just been still continuing, uh, <coughs> excuse me, my uh, rewatch of the Star Wars animated uh, series. I, and uh, so I am now in the last season of Star Wars Rebels. So I'm st- maybe slowing up a little bit the last couple of days. I realize as I get to the end, I, want, I don't want to like, you know, go completely binge and watch tons of it all at once, you know, just try to savor the last couple episodes. Um, but, you know, I figure I'll probably have to, you know, do another, you know, maybe mini rewatch, maybe the last couple episodes of Rebels before the uh, Ahsoka um, live action um, show comes out on Disney Plus uh, whenever that's coming out. Like, I don't even know. I think like maybe winter 23, I, I don't know. For our, our daughter's choice for the night before her birthday for a movie ended up being actually Top Gun she oh. wanted to watch. So The um, original or the... The original, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but of course, there is a slight uh, connection here as um, Lewis Pullman, who is uh, Rhett in Outer Range, was in the, the new Top Gun movie, but... Uh, yeah, we watched the old Top Gun, and you know what? Like, you know, I, it's it's funny because I don't really. It, it's weird how like some movies quote unquote hold up, and other movies don't. You know, like you just you go back, you watch something, you're like, wow, that's not nearly as good as I thought. You know, like I a couple years ago I went and rewatched American Pie, which when it came out, I saw it in the movie theater. When it came out, and I was like crying. I was laughing so hard the whole movie. I rewatched. It, I'm like this movie sucks. Like it's, not, it's not even funny. Like how I thought it was hilarious. Like how can a movie that at one point I thought was the you know pinnacle of, of comedy. Now I, I like watch it and it's just like, I'm looking at my watch waiting for it to end, you know? Um, so it's just weird how that happens. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's probably articles out there. You know, people have thought about, you know, why some movies hold up and why some don't. But, uh, you know, Top Gun, the original, 
solidly holds up. You know, I mean, obviously I can look and see that some of the acting is kind of goofy and the plot is thinner than, than a, a piece of paper cut in half sideways, but um, still, uh, you know, like the, the dogfight scenes and, and everything like that uh, are pretty good. And, you know, Tom Cruise is he's a fairly decent actor, so. All right. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, haven't seen the new one yet. Probably won't, but yeah. anyway. All right, well, let's get to Outer Range, the season one finale, episode eight, titled The West, written by... Should we call it the season one finale, thank God? No, we oh, shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, written by Brian Watkins, who is the show's creator and showrunner, directed by Lawrence Trilling, who also directed 107, released on May 6th, 2022 all right so i i certainly suspected that that you were going to be relatively negative in your mm-hmm. reaction so well uh, i mean okay i i i i know i'm starting off bad nah, go for <laughs> uh, it but i you know while at the end i was admittedly disappointed i'm not going to deny that that's not to say <clears throat> that there weren't elements of this episode that i did appreciate and actually like so I'm not going to like just sit here and, and crap all over it. And everything. But, and I don't know, I guess, I don't know at what point to just say, you know, why I think I was disappointed. Should, so we just, I don't know. Go for it. Whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we could always put it in somewhere else later. <laughs> but, you know, my disappointment comes like, so, you know, I've, I've been talking a lot about, you know, asking questions, answering questions, right? And that, like, I feel like uh, a, a really good, well-paced, well-written show is going to kind of give you some answers along the way as, lo- as well as, you know, asking questions. Because, because obviously you want the, the mystery. Uh, that's what keeps us involved, right? And I think Dark did a great job of that. I think Westworld right now is doing an awesome job of that, of, you know, kind of giving us some answers, letting us in to what's going on. But then also leaving us a degree of mystery in it as well. I think this show, like, and Fred says it too, you know, it was just all mystery and they barely answered any questions at all. And the ones that they, the one they do actually answer is who is Autumn, just leads to about a bazillion more questions. Um, so that's the, the first thing. I feel like this whole season was just exposition. And that's what kind of bothers me that this, like, it's almost like they're, I, like I said, maybe they're, they already have season two is in the can. Maybe they've already, I, I don't know. I haven't really read about this. Maybe they've already filmed season two or something like that. They knew that they were going to get a season two, but if they don't get a season two, this show is absolutely horrible. There's no point to the show at all. If it doesn't get a season two. Now, that being said, if there's a season two, I might end up eating my words big time right now. I might go back and say, uh, you know what? Season one now actually makes a lot of sense based on what happened in season two or three or whatever. Um, kind of like, you know, how I didn't care for the, the, the first episode, right? But the second episode changed my opinion of the first episode. But I, I, I don't think you can you can't do that nowadays, you know, well, like well, you so have I, to bring people in. You have to tie people in. No one's going to freaking watch this show season two. Like whenever season two comes up, people just going to remember, oh yeah, that's that show that just freaking ended 
with no answers and, and it was dark and I had to change my TV settings to watch it. And you know, F that, I'm not watching this show again. Okay. Well, you know, see, I, and I guess that brings up my question because obviously you, Fred, Scott, uh, however many listeners out there feel similarly, I couldn't disagree more. I think it was brilliant, but I mean, you, you just kind of alluded to my question, have the expectations of the viewer changed so drastically in the streaming age? Because yes, I, again, you go back and look at a show like lost and season one and you get to the end of season one. Well, how many answers did we really get yet? Everybody was just, you know, completely bought into you know, the, the storyline and couldn't wait. Now, granted back then we only had to wait three or four months right. for season two, right. but I, I, I guess I'm trying to look at these shows with, I don't know, more, more of an open mind. Not that you guys don't have open minds. I know you do. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned dark and Westworld and I guess I would say, well, okay, I agree with you there, but you know, that's like, you know, comparing, uh, you know, a high school quarterback to Lamar Jackson or, or even a college quarterback to Lamar Jackson, that, that the comparison maybe isn't fair. Those, those shows are, you know, to use a phrase that, that you use frequently, the gold standard. Right. And, you know, I guess I try to look at well, what does outer range bring to the table and yeah, a lot of answers <laughs> at this point. And, and I'm like you, if we don't get a season two, it will color my opinion, yeah. but just not as drastically as I think you guys. Well, and here's the thing. And I absolutely agree. And I 100% agree with you that yes, um, the, how we watch uh, TV now definitely colors what you can do. Um, would a show like Outer Range be more successful 15 years ago, you know, when, you know, people didn't um, binge things and watch them all at once or whatever. But you know, my answer would be like, you know, in Lost, I like Jack. I like Kate. I like, but I can't remember the tall dude's name with the long hair. Oh, Sawyer. Sawyer. I was going to say Slater, but that was from Sawyer. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess I didn't like him so much first season, but you know, but still, like there were characters that I could get behind that was interesting. That you know, and and out of range, I'm not so sure about that. I don't like. Still, I'm looking for a, a character that I, I like can kind of get behind here. I don't know. No, and that's a fair point. I mean, yeah, y- you have to have somebody. I think that you you connect with, and and yeah, I think that's certainly a fair point. And I like how you sneakily made me refer to Lost. Well done, Dave. Yeah. Well, I thought it, it was apropos. <laughs> it in this, was apropos. in this case. It did make. Yeah, that was a good comparison. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, well, why don't we go ahead and get into the uh, you know the the discussion and, and and you know you already mentioned I think the one big reveal answer that we get is that autumn is adult amy yeah and, well done you called that one early on. and and but but it also raises some questions you know first of all you know you know we see royal realize that you know after he's chased her all over town trying to yeah. kill her literally um he pulls out the gun and he is ready to kill her except that the herd of bison 
that has been loosed from the bowels of the earth by Luke, we assume it, it, this is his herd that he's yeah. let loose rather than the herd that we've seen earlier and that, that Sheriff Joy is watching. Well, I think it's the same herd, but just like she sees it, like somehow Joy travels to the past, obviously. I mean, without right. question, <laughs> they were pretty much 100% confirmed on that. Um, right. And then somehow uh, Luke the moron uh, releases this herd into this by digging a hole, uh, which right. I can't believe that worked. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and the other interesting thing is that, that Sheriff Joy, we see her experience, and she's in broad daylight. So yes. we, you know, we saw her. We assume this is like after one her, her daylight scene in this entire eight episodes, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's after her lunch, I uh, assume, with her family. So, you know, this is maybe 2 o'clock or so in the afternoon. And, and of course, everything else is at night. But you know, he sees that scar and, and then, uh, of course, starts flashing to this recognition and realization that he was about to kill his granddaughter. Yes. And, and of course, I, I, I thought that was a great scene when he picks her up and, and literally carries her home puts her in the bed of course we don't know whether or not she's alive uh, y- y- you gotta believe he, p- he doesn't put a dead body right. yeah. in his granddaughter's yeah. bed but well uh, and at the end she uh cecilia says she says amy's gone and he says no she's not so that yeah certainly would lead me to believe that despite getting trampled by a herd of buffaloes that uh amy slash autumn is is still with us Right. But if you watch that scene, I mean, it does appear as if she might get hit, but it's almost as if they they run around her. So, you know, unlike Luke, I mean, I think we have to assume Luke died. Well, I mean, like we do assume that, but then that calls into question like a lot of other things, you know. Well, well, it does, but I mean, how much does a bison weigh? One bison, because we see yeah. him get trampled. Right. I would think one would be enough to kill him. Yeah, you'd think for sure. But again, you never know. But but it raises a question that I think is a fair question. Well, why have we not seen that scar before? And you know, you, you look at the way she wears her hair. It's like, well, okay, maybe her hair was covering it, and and that's a fair point. But it got me to thinking: Does one of the events in this episode? somehow cause the scar to appear you know not unlike that whole idea you know you go back and you kill somebody's grandfather you know like like from back to the future and then the character disappears just literally vanishes because you know your grandfather never existed so you don't oh by the way if you ever want to see the most hilarious explanation of the grandfather paradox go watch uh, the Umbrella Academy uh, season three, the, the, the new season. Oh, okay. It, the the one character explains you know, the grandfather paradox, and it is freaking hilarious. It's so good. So nice. But you know, as we've talked, that you know, it, it depends on what rules the showrunner has laid out for his or her show. So right. you know, certainly in Continuum, that you know, it didn't work that the way. The greatest ever when he just. His grandmother right. gets shot. He just like kind of looks at his hands, like yep. <laughs> waiting to see if he's going to disappear, like Back to the Future. Yeah, that was yep. that was awesome. That, that's yep. that's so iconic of, of of a scene. 
Right. So, I mean, but there were two events that got me to thinking, well, I wonder if either of these two events is what causes that scar to now, you know, uh, appear on her forehead. And the one is, is Luke opening the void and the other is Royal removing the arrow from the Buffalo. So I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if the answer is simply that, well, her hair was always obscuring it. I mean, I think we have to agree adult Amy came from the future, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, right. yeah, I, well, I mean, honestly, yes, but maybe. So, right? I mean, she, because she, she could have gone back and grown up in the past and jumped right. in the future. But, but more than likely, yes, you're, you're right that this is an Amy that has somehow grown up probably uh, the peers with Rebecca um, has grown into an adult. And then she both, it seems like she and Rebecca have now, you know, then gone back to the past or the whole time she's on the phone talking to her mom. Is she talking to Rebecca in this time period who somehow knows that her daughter has jumped to the future and has now come back? I, yeah, I don't know. Like Rebecca is, is again, I mean, they just throw that out there. You know, episode eight, we finally see Rebecca and she just grabs Amy and, you know, runs off. It's like, I, I mean, that's I just, I feel like there's something like that. If they, if they give that us that earlier, then that can become something that they deal like they're, you know, where they're dealing with the, the sci-fi of it all. Right. Instead of us just watching these guys drive around in trucks and, you know, and get questioned by the police me something like that earlier something that has to do with the actual sci-fi elements of this okay well but, i mean she would then be you know guessing at her age i mean the actress that plays adult or well, adult amy autumn is 33 in real life so amy in the show looks to be about eight they might have even said that she's eight at one point so if autumn is 30 then you know we could we could maybe figure that adult autumn has come from 2042 ish uh era but then it, it leads me to wonder well does she travel back in time by accident or by choice you know i mean she comes right. back and, and her memories seem to be kind of fuzzy now is that a result of time travel or has she come back because she needs or wants to piece together her her own yeah. past so to me that is an answer of sorts i mean i understand it's not the kind of answer that you want or fred or scott or you know probably most people but you know i i like that i mean well i, I mean i i like it but on the other, like i'm just saying i just i just think when they introduce rebecca i'm like you know i just feel like that would have been such a great thing to do maybe two episodes ago so that okay. that could become a part of, of what we're doing. You know, I don't know, but I agree. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's super intriguing and it, you know, there's all kinds of things like, you know, what is, what is her deal? You know, like how, what is she doing here? If, if this is Amy, I mean, obviously Amy has been doing some time traveling. It does call into question a lot of this stuff. When we first see autumn, you know, she says how she was like, she didn't remember Anything from up till she was like nine or something like that? Did she say? Yeah. Or, or did Royal? I wonder, you know. No, both of them. Yeah. You know, while it, it certainly seems that her presence is more purposeful 
than than Royals, it still calls a lot of stuff in the question. And that's one of the things at the very end of it, like you're saying, well, how much did she know? Like, you know, back when when she first arrived, did she, is this really just happenstance that she ends up there, or was all this kind of like some kind of grand scheme of something? And her claims of not remembering were were false, right? Well, I guess I feel like they weren't false, and and it go back to that notebook that I think we could make a case for the notebook that we see Amy writing in. You know, last episode, uh, you know, drawing the symbols is the same one that autumn has and that something has happened to her intellectually mentally cognitively that has caused her to be the way she is so i guess i don't feel like she she walked onto the ranch with her backpack and what was you know had a full idea of what has happened now now on the other hand she certainly seems to know that royal is going to come after her with a gun to kill her because we see that great scene at the pawn shop. I need guns. I'm like, we got them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a great scene. I mean, and then well, it was, it, like, I you know like as, as Scott said, I mean, I, I like, as, especially as like kind of like commentary on gun culture in the U S you know, I mean that, that scene like, Oh my God. <laughs> well, what about the one in the bank when she's waiting for her money transfer? Right. You know, yeah. and, oh. and she gets into it yeah. with Maria. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, uh, you can't have that gun in here." She pulls the gun out. It's like, really? <laughs> well, she says it's open carry state. Yeah, and I think that then you know uh, supports Scott's idea that that certainly there is a commentary about you know the gun culture in America that no, you can't just simply have a gun. People carrying guns. In banks, well, apparently you can. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> because, also Royal just tucks his when he goes to the hotel. He just oh, and that woman looks at him in his waistband. Yeah, yeah it's like that's all right. Yep. Where, where's Autumn's room? Oh, room one twenty. Okay, see. Ya. Yeah. Oh, don't mind the gun in the back of my pants. Like, I'm certainly not asking about someone's room. So I'm going to shoot someone. I'm just yeah. Yep. Well, let me ask you about Cecilia's reaction at the rodeo. When yeah. she realizes that Amy has walked off and then she just goes mental. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even, I, I mean, again, you know, not having kids. Uh, I mean, somebody might say that, well, you don't understand. And, and, you know, fair point. But she's only been gone like 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And this is a kid that you routinely let her go off on a hike by herself miles away from the house. So why are you going nuts at a rodeo where it's not like Amy's never been to the rodeo before? Right. Everybody knows everybody. I mean, I I think one of the overall themes of this series has been for us to watch the disintegration of this family because of secrets and the secrets are all tied into time travel really yeah so well yeah yeah royal finally tells cecilia but it's too well i mean is it too late though i mean that's the thing like when you have time travel is there even such a concept as too late yeah, I think it is too late. And again, we go back to the fact that, well, two years into the future, Royal's dead. What, but so, is he? 
That was well, Luke who shot him. Yeah. So. Well, that was just a shot in the leg. I mean, remember. But no, um, but Luke. Luke shot him. Yeah, but remember back in episode two at the end where, where Cecilia says, you know, you died in my arms. So whether Royal ends up dying as a heart of a heart attack, I mean, we don't know, but, but, you know, there is still that, but, you know, you mentioned Rebecca and I feel like we, we did get an answer and, and you might say, well, that's kind of pushing it. But I mean, what, what was your reaction when Rebecca calls out to Amy and, and, you know, it's only been nine months. So of course, Amy recognizes her mother. That's sure. not a question. And she says, where have you been? And she says, well, I had to hide. Yeah. So any thoughts on that? I mean, I none. have some, but. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say no. I mean. Well, see, to me, it, it reinforces what I've suspected, especially after we got that flashback scene to the roller rink, is that she ran away from a physically abusive husband who apparently was able to mask his abuse from the rest of the family, or maybe he didn't. You know that whole thing about Amy asking, I'm sorry, uh, Perry asking Royal, you know, do you know what happened to uh, Rebecca? And he says, no. And he says, well, I don't believe you. And at the time we're thinking like, well, okay, well, did he do something nefarious to Rebecca? Now I'm thinking like, no. He helped her escape, that he knows that she fled. Yeah, that, that sounds, uh, that's probably, I, you know, as, as far as the word most likely explanation applies to this show, I think mm-hmm. that's the most likely explanation. I, you know, I, I like that. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's The one thing I would say about that is just like, you know, I don't, despite everything with Perry, I, I still don't want to believe that, that, that that's the th- that's his deal you know okay but you're right i mean everything we've seen about him on the other hand points to that absolutely being that he is uh prone to bouts of uncontrollable violence and that probably and he, he admitted to autumn that they were arguing so you know like yeah like maybe rebecca just got scared and and she left and certainly royal help and there seems like a strong possibility right because even though perry lives at the house now we we suspect uh, we talked about before we gotta believe they had their own house somewhere you know and that perry came to the ranch each day to work but Mm -hmm. we don't know that for sure well and also like but then then you know my further question would be why would she leave her daughter there then though you know well, I guess she could leave her daughter there knowing that she would be taken care of by her grandparents who love her and that her grandparents would watch out. I mean, still, I understand a mother leaving her child. Well, yeah, but especially if you are fleeing there because it's dangerous and you're scared. Right. How are you going to leave your kid in that environment if you're running from it? yourself well that's true it's a question so, that uh, lady mcduff asks of, yep. uh, right <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah but you know well the, but the other part of that like as you're saying like because we see nothing of that violent nature when perry is with his daughter right correct but you know i still find it difficult to swallow that rebecca would be so scared of her own safety that that she would leave but yet leave her daughter in in that environment that 
she is running from. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. But as you said a few minutes ago, it makes as much sense as anything else. Right. <laughs> so uh, now, you know, you mentioned Perry, and I, I think certainly the big question with Perry, and, and we know, again, we don't know, no, but we certainly can suspect that his disappearance into the void is what causes them to lose the ranch. And then, of course, we see the scene where Autumn's on the telephone with somebody. Well, how long before you know a property defaults? Or I forget what her actual language was, but we, we certainly know what she's asking. Uh, we don't hear the answer. But the question is, when is Perry? Yeah. We don't – I mean, we assume he's in the same place. We, it, it does appear as if you, you jump into the void – or, or you know, you mentioned that clearly Sheriff Joy has time traveled. So is that, you know, did she just walk through some invisible portal? Again, that seems to be likely she's following the, you know, the, the path uh, of the black dust and ends up, you know, in the 1870s, 1880s. And, uh, and 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 just watching her reaction, so emotional, yeah. And you and you understand it absolutely, I mean, and, absolutely. And, and this is a woman who's who's fought prejudice her entire life, not only for her, her sexual preferences, but also for being a Native American in a virtually all white town. And yet she's reached a point where she's gained the respect of these people, and now to see her culture in the past it's just really just a, a great scene how emotional she mm-hmm. gets yeah but, that's an awesome scene but to you know to get inside your head it's like yeah but okay what's next <laughs> you know what happens next with sheriff joy and we don't obviously get to see that right I, you know but that one i'm kind of okay with a little bit i guess you know i, I don't know why i'm but just it was just such a like like you said. I mean, I just I, I love the scene itself. That's what I'm saying. Like the questions, I guess, are not so bad if you have like a character that you can at least somewhat get behind. And, and I, I still kind of maybe am holding on to Joy as this, and and she's got shortcomings as well. Like we've talked about that. You know, sitting there and taking it as the the guy spoke down to the pulpit at her in that church was you know. That's tough. Now, you know, again, on the other hand, you could say, well, that shows restraint and discipline. You know, those are admirable qualities and everything. To, for her to have this moment, uh, and again, it goes back to just before that when they were at the dance and, she, you know, and she saw like, you know, the traditional dancers and she really kind of made uh, connected with one of the dancers, the older one. And then right after that, she walks in the woods and here she happens upon a scene where the, the herds of buffalo are still there. Uh, there's a, a you know a, a huge community of her people uh, on the other side of the river, and just to to see that is just you can see in her face. I just love how you know they don't have to have a, a monologue to describe what's going on. We could just look at her face and and see what she's feeling. That was that was awesome. Yeah, and 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 again that that scene that you referred to at the church. I, I guess we have to then certainly acknowledge what you said that that restraint is not a quality to be scoffed at and, and certainly it's a quality we want in a sheriff but it's also i think she realizes that i've got to bite my tongue for the greater good i'm going to win this election and 
you know, that's a huge step forward for you know, myself, uh, the Native American community, the greater community at large. So, you know, so that I, again, I don't want to compare it necessarily to what Jackie Robinson did breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. I think what he had to grow through, uh, go through was infinitely more difficult. But still, I think we can compare it on, on you know, a lesser level. So I, if that's the – Well, that, you know, uh, I just want to kind of jump in there because you're right that, you know, while Jackie Robinson was, you know, obviously a, a huge deal, but there's Jackie Robinsons out there and, and at the, the micro – you know, at the, at the local level. Sure. People like Sheriff Joy who broke barriers uh, – Maybe not as widely reported or nationally known, but still just as important, maybe even more important to 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 uh, affect those changes you know in, in especially in in rural extremely white communities like like the one she lives in you know now we we mentioned when is Perry we assume Perry's not dead i I'm of the mindset that Luke has to be dead. He has to have been crushed to death, but I won't be shocked. But but still, I, I don't know what a bison weighs. I got to believe it weighs well over a thousand pounds. Yeah. And, and, and a herd of bison right. weighs so, even more. Right. I, I, I think it's safe to say Billy's dead. At first, I thought it was a head shot, but I think it was a body shot because I think there was a quick view into the truck upside down you know when royals looking to see what's what after uh, he shot them and they crashed clearly he's dead i don't think there's any question there so i mean is this the end of the tillersons will wayne recover you know does billy and again we've talked about religious overtones if you're catholic i don't know if other faiths do this as well but him you couldn't spreading that black dust right, right. Not only on his lips, but on the forehead. Uh, it doesn't appear he makes the sign of the cross on his forehead. But no, but it, you're, you're right. It is a is a very Catholic scene, and we talked about this before too. I mean, you can't help miss the significance of it and putting the the dust. Um, we see it every year, Ash Wednesday. You know. Uh, Catholics love to do this, and then I, I know also at baptism, um, part of it is putting using ashes and putting the sign of the cross on the baby's head at at uh, at baptism as well. So there, there's definitely and a, a a sacramental aspect to what Billy's doing, but uh, like, but what is the result? You know, I mean, like we know if you put the the I don't even know what to call it, the void dust on you, that then you get, it, it gives you a vision of something. I, I don't know at this point we could say it's the future because Billy saw himself in the future, right? We saw Luke in the future. And while we haven't don't have confirmation on those two being dead, it seems extremely likely that at least one of them is, if not both. And if either, even just one of them is, then, that calls into question the accuracy of their visions. 
Right. And, and of course, while we've talked about time travel, you know, we certainly have to acknowledge the possibility of alternate futures, as you've said many times about Lily Taylor and, and probably Will Patton as well. You don't necessarily bring them on board a show and then kill them off. So if we accept that the Tillerson brothers have been killed off, will Wayne recover? And I would think if there is a season two, hell yes, he'll recover. And you talk about annoying characters, certainly Patty, his wife Mm. or ex-wife is still in play. But I, I guess one of the things that really strikes me in this episode is the, the, contrast between the two brothers you know billy more you know the the dreamer and the purest that i don't care about the money you know it's it's what this is that's so fascinating and all luke's like concerned with was well how much is it worth right right and you even see that scene where he he you know like he's just digging away i'm like are you serious over here luke like what are you like like this is some kind of supernatural phenomenon and you think you can just dig down and then he did you know and it starts oozing up and at first i'm like well did he just inadvertently strike oil and of course that calls us back to the scene that royal saw right when we saw those things that looked like oil derricks or something right. like that and i'm like so did he like actually strike oil but then we realize it is the uh the dust and then and of course the, the herd of buffalo uh, comes out of the hole that he had dug, which I'm sure he didn't see that one. I didn't see that one coming. Um, you know, Fred Clay said in his feedback that this episode's predictable. I'm like, I don't think there's any possible way you could have predicted that a herd of buffalo was going to come out of the hole that Luke dug in in, in, in the pasture. So, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it, it- Go, I'm go sorry. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead because I completely lost track. Of well, where I was, I was just going to say I, I, again. I would just strongly disagree with Fred on, on that idea that it's predictable because, as you said, uh, I don't think you know. Certainly, we could predict that a herd of buffalo is going to come through there, but we've really been under the apparently misapprehension that the hole appears randomly or it's controlled by somebody else, but certainly we never considered the possibility that you could simply dig into the ground and open a portal. Well, but then does the portal appear because Luke was meant to get trampled by a herd? You know, in other words, like it's not so much that physically he discovered it. It just, does it show up where and when it's quote unquote supposed to show up? Yeah. Do you believe in fate? I think that's right. uh, what, what she uh autumn asks royal so yeah um so so i mean to me like you said not the buffalo the herd of buffalo coming out of the void is one thing but but certainly it answers that question i think we've suspected it for quite a while we don't see any mastodon i know like i just yeah. feel like they missed like i was just waiting for the mastodon for i've heard to turn around the corner and, and see a mastodon flying by man like i that's i mean Again, Chekhov's gun. We're going to see a mass. If if there is more of this show, we're seeing a mass of them. Well, sure, and, and I think you know Sheriff Joy is certainly evidence of that. And so, I mean, we've we've known that the void is a portal to the past and the future. Apparently, it works both ways. 
but there's also apparently some sort of unseen portal because she just walks through it. And right. we don't know at what point. You do notice, though, that the black powder stops. Yes. So is that the point I when guess. she's now in the past? I would sure. think that's yeah, I think so. likely. Yeah, right. So, you know, do you, do you dig up this black powder and do you spread it? And, and that's, you know, the, the, you know, the, the catalyst for opening another portal to, you know, a particular, a particular time. I mean, we know it's out there. So to me, that's an answer we get. I mean, it's certainly not the full answer. It's not a complete answer, but, oh yeah. Uh, getting into the scene and, 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 as I've said many times, I'm not big on extended action sequences. In this case, I thought it was really well done. Certainly were concerned about how it's going to turn out. Is anybody going to die? I guess I had my doubts. Again, talking about predictable, well, are you accepting that? Oh, yeah, they're going to kill off multiple main characters in in you know, in the final episode, I'm like, well, okay. I'm not so sure about that. I was certainly surprised when, you know, we see Billy get shot and killed. That was shocking. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty shocking. And then, uh, we're certainly not totally convinced until Royal carries her home and puts her in the bed that she's alive. And even that, I don't think that was predictable that he was going to, you know, have that revelation and then carry her home and and you know so now what and you know is this i mean that seems to be the point at which royal has had you know this epiphany and now he wants to you know open up to his wife after what 45 years of marriage or 40 whatever like okay dude really it's well i mean i, I like the the epiphany there because that definitely is what is happening with royal at this point where he has he is changing right he he's um has realized that what he has done and at first he was like you know i was just trying to keep you away from me and try you know like he felt he had this disease about him that infected his family or something like that but in truth i mean that's true but it's not because of him inherently. It's because of what he did, the choices he made that is um, has led to the downfall of his family here. Right. But look at the choices. Okay. As an eight-year-old boy, he accidentally shoots and kills his father. As an adult, he acknowledges that it was an accident. I know it was an accident. Right. And okay. So he's got to come to terms with the fact that he left his mother and sister to fend for themselves and that is something. I mean, you know, even though you're an eight-year-old boy, you're not going to be an eight-year-old boy forever. You would be there to help your mother struggle to, you know, succeed, you know, moving forward. And and he opts out, but then he's an eight-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And you have to cut yourself some slack for that. So to feel like I've got this darkness inside, what darkness? It was an accident. You, you were an eight-year-old kid. You made a decision. Fine. It, it turns out to maybe not be the best decision. But, my God, if we all did that for decisions we made as eight-year-olds, yeah, you know, I don't even well, know what to say. Yeah, I mean, exactly. 
you know, you're right that that he well, it's but it's natural you would think for him to feel this amount of guilt for you know both as you said both for you know accidentally killing his father but also for then abandoning his his mother and sister but uh but but yeah like you're right that's not because you're an evil person royal it's because you were a kid you um something terrible happened to you, you and uh you compounded that probably with making a, a an, another error in judgment and you know but uh and i think he finally does kind of come to that realization but again is the question is is it too late is it all is will he not be able to get his family and should he get his family back should Rhett go back should Rhett be part of this i'd say no Rhett, get out of there you're right you know you want to leave leave don't stick around um out of this obligation you have to he, he's got to live his life at some point and and so if 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 Royal's idea of quote unquote getting the family back together is just to have everyone tied to this ranch forever, then no, that's not going to happen. That's right. That's not going to happen. Nor should it. And you can see even when Rhett tells him, like, I don't give an f about the land. Royal, he can't even process that. He's just like sputtering. Right, you can't even form a sentence. Well, well, I, well, yeah, right. But I guess I would go back to that that. Royals keeping these these secrets at the heart of his secrets is the fact that he understands even as a child you got to believe that he time traveled mm-hmm. so how do you admit that to somebody without right. sounding like a crazy person right and so, certainly right before they're about to ride is not the time to admit that to him like you may again like everyone wants to dump stuff on Rhett right before he rides like can't anyone just wait until he you know, rides a yeah. bull before you start like throwing shit at them, you know, like, and I think, you know, we've talked about the characters that aren't likable. And, and I guess in retrospect, I think, well, what is there not to like about Rhett? Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he's good at something. He works hard at it, but he also realizes that his family is toxic and he's finally made the decision, albeit at age 30 or whatever, to, to leave and he's fortunately going to leave with the woman that he's apparently loved since he was a teenager and and she seems to be uh reciprocal in her feelings as well so you know you know there, there's certainly that but leading up to the the whole chase i, I mean the the sequence of events for apparently autumn loves jumpsuits because we saw her in the future <laughs> with her yellow jumpsuit right. now she's got the red one uh, and we, we see that bank scene where she's got the gun and then Royal driving around town frantically looking for Autumn, missing Rhett's first ride, which is apparently unheard of. Metallica's Seek and Destroy is playing, which was just perfect because yeah. that's what he is intending to do. And <laughs> right. then he finally... Uh, finds her and she's just standing there in the middle of the street like a, a gunfight from you know the wild west yeah i just thought it was brilliant well there there's so much that was like over exaggerated in this and i'm you know and part of not, it is not clearly, the kissing scene between uh yeah like the, billy and the kissing scene like yeah, the best is just like they do that shot of maria watch him just like she's just going like 
WTF? Like, you know, because they just start like weird. Like, I don't even know the adjective to des- or the adverb to describe how they were making out. But you know, weird comes to mind. David you know, Lynch. Gross comes. To- What'd you say? David Lynch. Yeah, you know, it's just very. And then he starts singing to her. And, you know, as Maria, as us, standing with, like, her jaw open, like, what on earth is this about? And then they followed up with the the gunfight, which, again, we've seen similar scenes in action movies all over. But it's really, again, exaggerated. And Royal, like, sticking the rifle out of his windshield, using the scope to line up the shot on Billy? Come on. Like, it's just like... It's just so over the top, you know, and then like uh, and you mentioned Cecilia's reaction at the rodeo. Like it was like I'm literally watching that saying, I know Lily Taylor's a a great actress, but this this whole scene, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to think about it. It seems like just like out of some kind of like really bad like sea level movie, you know, where she's just like, ah, she's gone. There is no God. You well, know, she's but just see, like but- shaking her arms. And it's just like so much. that just seems so completely over the top. I'm like, it's gotta be on purpose. Right. Well, I, I mean, yes. And I, and I think for two things that, that I guess you have to look at that, that she's reached the point in her life where her entire life has fallen apart not only her family has fallen apart, but again, I think that was so powerful when, again, what does she say? God is gone or, yeah, and she repeats it. And we, you know, what we know about her faith and her importance of faith in her life, that to have reached this point that yes, it is exaggerated, but I think that's just to really reinforce the point that, her entire life has been upended. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I get that, but and it was just like so much. I, I, I get know? it. Now, the other thing that I, that struck me on a rewatch with Royal leaning the rifle out the window is that, well, would we say that if it was somebody in the West riding on a horse with a Winchester rifle, you know, one hand on the, on the uh, reins and the other, I mean, I, I guess I looked at it that way. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that scene and the kissing scene, yeah. I was like laughing actually. Oh, see, you know, I'm like these are like uh, hilariously over the top, and I'm like, is it meant to be? I'm like, it must meant yeah. to be. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't think they they mean for this. I think they're purposely making it a little like cheesy and over the top in order to like kind of like Scott says I think they are trying to deliver some like commentary here she gets that phone I'm sorry yeah Amy gets the phone call and it's autumn calling for Royal and she says she can't it's like it's almost like I thought at first how did she get her number and I thought oh well maybe Amy might have given it to her they were hanging out together I'm like later you're just like oh no she knew the number of the call sure but then when she says you can't beat fate royal and it goes back to the question does she know how all of this is going to turn out or is it some sort of a you know again alternate you know reality alternate 
future? You know, does it play out this way in one? Does it play out another way? I mean, we don't know any of that, but it does seem as if she's fairly confident how it's going to turn out. I mean, look, how does she know to stand in the middle of the road with her hand on the gun, knowing that Royal's going to pick that moment to drive down the street? So to me, that that says that that she's got some prior knowledge about, you know, how this is going to turn out. Does she know that she's going to end up in her childhood bed and that, uh, you know, at, at some point um, Cecilia and Royal are going to confront her and, and Royal's going to explain. And <laughs> I don't know, hopefully we'll get the chance to see that. Right. But I just point, kind of thought of this, and I mean, this would and would not surprise me if all of this turned out to be some kind of delusion fantasy going on in Autumn's head. You know, like will 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 it be the the uh, end where uh, the last episode of Outer Range and Autumn's going to wake up in bed with uh, Bob Newhart or something like that? Yeah, you know? boy, like, I'd. Re- I'd- I'd, I'd really feel cheated. I, yeah, I'd, no, I, 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 I don't it, think that's it. But, I but the, the just, I'm thinking that might explain like some of the exaggerated stuff if this was somehow yeah. going yeah. on in her head or something. Yeah, but I, I guess I I just keep going back to because I think you have to the whole time travel element and and the fact that there are portals both ways and to different eras and whether one can pick or choose what year he or she goes to again we don't know but but we know it's out there i mean you know the whole thing with the mastodons well what was what that like ten thousand years ago so um yeah i don't know i don't know anything else i i i, I know i haven't convinced you but well um, you, you haven't i mean you you have pointed out a lot of the the admirable things about this. And, and like I said, like it, I think the main reason, as I thought about it afterwards, the more I thought about it, I said, I think that really the, the kind of the bad taste I had at the end of this was not terribly bad taste. Like it's not like I thought and said this sucked. I don't, I don't think it sucks at all. I, I, I think it's just that it seems like this whole season was just complete. As I said before, just set up as, as exposition. And that it seems like now this could launch into a, a story that can really take advantage of the um, the speculative elements that they've they've set up. Yeah, but but yeah. then that makes me think. Well, you know, could you have just shortened the the exposition a little bit so we could get a little bit more of the of the exposition? So. Yeah, it's understandable. Look, I, I just want to get you in the C range. That, that's oh all. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely above a C. Okay. No, it's it's better than that. Uh-huh. But also, two things that that also, I mean, your prediction about Amy was justified. I feel that my prediction that this whole thing was engineered by the Buffaloes just so that one buff- Bison could get the arrow pulled out. I think that's a valid theory what? as well because you know Royal pulls out the second arrow. And the bison walks off like, ah, thank you. That's all I wanted. Now we can stop all this time travel stuff. I just want this arrow out of my back. (laughs) Well, you know, it's certainly it's going to lead me to go back and look at some of the prior episodes, because as I said earlier, I, I don't feel like, you know, I, you know, because once 
Amy got cut. I don't know. Was that episode five, maybe or six? Um, I, you know, I started looking at Autumn, trying to see. Well, okay, can, can I see the scar? And I, I really couldn't. And then, and then I couldn't decide. Was well, it because of her hair? Is it the angle or whatever? So I, I go back to what I said earlier. Was Royal pulling the arrow out of that buffalo really way more significant than we're giving it credit for? I think it is very significant. Yeah. So, you know, d- does it have some tie into the time travel? And just like you said, I'm not going to discount that because clearly the bison is important, much more important than the bear. And I think the bears are important as well. I just don't know exactly, you know. Right. How, well, how and to- we see that Cecilia finally, she's now she's burying both the bears. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really about di- what's that, what the, what that, What's up with that? Is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of hole digging in this show, for yeah. sure. Anyway, what else? It's, so this episode's called The West. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think we, we go back to, I mean, look, obviously we know we've been in Wyoming all of this time. And, and there's certainly, I think, a lot of romantic ideals associated with the West. And that whether it's, tied into the westward expansion of the united states and you know once we get into the early to mid 1800s it's it's you know all hell breaks loose moving out to you know eventually california and the west coast but there's all you know whether it's the cowboy and and that romantic notion of the cowboy and certainly our our recognition albeit way too late of the atrocities that the native americans faced as we just trampled over their land and their culture and and you know all that so i I think it wants us to consider not just the west now but the west prior as well so okay yeah yeah i just i literally wasn't sure but i think that's that's a good I, i especially i think we see a lot as you said of commentary on uh, you know the role of the United States and and the development of the West, and there's all kinds of things that they don't necessarily address head on, but uh, are certainly uh, pertinent issues there. Another thing is that apparently Royal was once a champion bull rider, right? And I know Orioles fans are hoping that kind of passage of skills from father to the son is part of the the DNA of our our new number one pick. Uh, for the Orioles, Jackson Holiday. Hopefully, he can be as good as his dad was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so you know, th- there was again the, the the it was playing with us a little bit the the, the writers and the director here because um, you know Rhett hurts his shoulder. Uh, the guy says it's your funeral. Uh, another dude says if you come out of here alive, I'll buy you a chicken dinner. So we're waiting for something terrible to happen to Rhett, but it doesn't. He actually does really well. I think he, was he in first place at the end? I think you. I, yes. Well, yeah. I, th- I think we have to assume that. Yeah. I don't know if they show us or not. I, I missed. I don't know if they, yeah, I, I don't think they showed the scoreboard. But, you know, I mean, obviously he had a really good ride. So just the opposite. And then so he's, you know, then he and Maria are in the truck driving and they get caught in the middle of the stampeding herd of buffalo. But again, for the most part, I mean, they crashed the, the truck, but they're okay. Uh, they ran into the big sign that says, you know, 
America, yeah, with the America things. I can't remember what the, the yeah. Is, so there's another sign earlier. Cecilia has uh, a sign behind her. Uh, I wrote down what it said. Oh Lord, reveal yourself to us. Oh right, I did notice that. That when she then gets mad, she like I I can't remember. If she throws something, punches, but anyway, she knocks the sign down. You know, so we can see, and then later, you know, she says that there is no God or whatever. God's gone. Um, so we see, you know, Cecilia's her her struggle with her faith. We can see where she's landed with that. Yeah, and just the recognition that her family is gone when she kicks over the kitchen table, which has right. been the focal point for so many scenes in Outer Range. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, because they, they have that scene where she and Amy are, like, setting the table. Like, this is overly optimistic action that you think your family's going to actually be there to, to have dinner with you. Like, um, nope. Yeah, I don't think that's that's really going to be a thing. So, again, I, I, I know I have been at, at points, you know, overall negative with this season. But, I like I, I've said all along, I, I do see the good things that, that this – the show does. And I don't think it's all negative. I don't think it's all a waste of time. I, I, there was definitely a lot of really good stuff. I just, you know, like I said, I, I think, I don't know. Well, I think it's made our discussions a lot richer than, than times when we both feel so strongly the same way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I've listened to podcasts and you really hate to hear a podcast about a show where the one person just say, Oh, this show sucks. It was terrible and everything like, cause I, that is definitely not, my opinion of this. You know, I, do I think it's perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, far from it. Do I think it's terrible? Absolutely not. You know, far from it as well with there. And, and again, it, it might be a case of down the road in time after another season or whatever, where I look back and say, okay, you know, now season one, I didn't really appreciate it at the time. But now that seeing how it's set up, all this other stuff, now I think season one is like masterfully genius. You know? So I reserve that that might be my attitude later on down the line if I actually ever watch this show again. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else? Well, no, okay, just, just one more thing. I'm sorry. I just saw my notes. So, you know, Rhett, we, we get a rare scene with uh, Rhett and Amy. And. Uh, Rhett asks Amy uh, if she's going to stay there her whole life. And she says, aren't you? You know? So, which again, at the time, I mean, we understand that Rhett really wants to leave. He wants to get out. But now, you know, with knowing that Autumn is an older Amy, that uh, line takes on even more significance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, and then the owls. That was the last thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean. We know, named that one Luke. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the other is like prudence, integrity, hope, you know. Well, I mean, true, like, true. They're not the, they're not the, the four cardinal virtues, but I mean, they're, they're along those lines there. Of things like that. So, and again, that, that very Catholic element that we see in, in the show, I mean, you just can't miss it. These guys definitely. Uh, there, there's definitely some, some people who grew up Catholic writing for this show. Um, and I think that might be it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to listener feedback. And Scott checked in again this week. 
All right, episode eight. My initial impression of the episode was negative. Yeah, science teacher. <laughs> I was hoping to have more resolution before the end of the season. I thought there might be a few things left unexplained, leaving the door open for a second season, but that the episode would address a lot of our questions. Assuming there is a second season and it does not take two or more years to be released, I maintain a favorable opinion of the show. However, if this is it, I'll gladly hold the lid open as Wayne sweeps the show into the dustbin of television history. Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much what what you've said. I'll leave the bigger topics to you and Wayne. A few observations. Royal and Autumn have an old-fashioned Wild Western pistol duel. For a hippie chick, Autumn seems to know her way around a gun. And if Autumn and Amy are the same person, it makes sense. And, And yeah, I mean, absolutely, she... It's one thing she goes in and buys, not just one gun, several guns. Um, and, and we see that scene where she clearly knows how to load a gun. At the end of the episode, I was left wondering if Royal has managed to alter the future. Initially, we learned Royal is going to die in Cecilia's arms. The general discussion on the podcast seemed to be that it's going to occur in the not-too-distant future. At the end of the episode, Royal's still alive. When Royal went through the void, Luke shot him in the leg. Are we to assume Luke survived the stampede of the buffalo? If not, he won't be around to shoot Royal in the future. Okay, there you go. So that kind of opens the possibility that I don't see any situation where Luke survives the bison stampede, which then leads us to, what was it, possibly an alternate future. And and I... Going back, I think I said at the time that in that future, two years down the road, that that Luke is wearing the same exact clothes that he was wearing when we saw him in 2020 or whatever year we're supposed to be in. So, but still, good point. I mean, like I said, I mean, um, you know, Billy saw a vision where he was standing beside Autumn and, and she was the ruler of the world. Now, of course, you know, obviously that sounds like a kind of far-fetched vision in the first place, but, you know, we really have to call into question the accuracy of these visions. And, and again, does it go back to, are they seeing alternate universes, right? Or alternate realities or something like that? Or do they get things revealed to them that are maybe not necessarily uh, prediction of the future, but it has something to do with what the individual who is coming to contact with the dust wants or needs. You know, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I, I, I think we could definitely say that the, because I mean, if, if Luke survives, like, you know, like even if you survive being trampled by stampeding bison, are you, in, in two years, are you okay to just you know, like yeah. to look like nothing happened to you at all? Like it, that seems unlikely, you know. Yeah. Uh, Billy, again, we haven't a hundred percent got confirmed, but it seems like he also has shuffled off the mortal coil. Um, but then, you know, I mean, he like I said, he had a vision of the future. All of these things, uh, there's well, again, like we just don't know what's happening. To, to be able to say. All right. Well, Scott continues. Finally, was there a little gun related social commentary in this episode? Thinking of the scene where autumn's waiting outside of the pawn shop. She looks like she's completely lost it. 
the last person who should be purchasing a gun. As the pawn shop owner approaches the shop, she says, I need guns. Straight to the point. Without hesitation, the owner replies, we got them. Dave and Wayne, you know as well as I do, this scene plays out frequently in the United States. It is not far-fetched. I'm hoping Wayne, men, uh, I'm hoping Fred mentions something about this scene in his feedback. I'd love to hear his thoughts. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I don't even know what else to say about that 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 Scott hasn't said there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. Jeez, I, I would hate to think that at least there's a little bit more, and that someone who is selling guns would be more responsible than to, to just uh, someone who is so distracted and and to just. But yeah, absolutely, that, that is <laughs> Texas, <laughs> right? <laughs> That is that is some some definite you know commentary there about the uh, you know about America about guns um, and it's you know I mean obviously we're we're East Coast guys and uh, we live in not rural places um, and so you know our attitudes towards guns are not necessarily the same that that many other people in in the country don't have but uh, yeah. I'm just. I guess I should just drop it there. But, but yes, the, the undoubtedly the the the, is the commentary there, as well as the exaggerated uh, Wild West shootout uh, that happens as well. I think that's all part ties in with a, a commentary on that. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for. Outer Range, Season 1, Episode 8, the Season 1 Finale. I gave this first season actually a kind of 6 out of 10. So that would be a C plus or something like that. It was somehow intriguing because I really experienced that when I did my audio feedback of a certain episode, I wanted to watch on the next episode then instead of waiting a week and just watching that just before I have to make my feedback. So something was interesting, something was triggering, but still overall quite dark. A character's not so much appealing. It's mainly the mystery in it that's appealing. And even that has problems, mainly because revelations came far too late. We really had to wait until, let's say, episode 6, 7 before... Some things became a little more clear. And it's okay to lead you astray in the sense of that you give or that you suggest answers to certain questions you have and then it turns out to be quite different. That's actually what Dark did. So that's why Dark is so good. You had the idea, oh, now I understand it and then it was different after all. And in this series, it's much more, I don't understand it and it keeps like that. So two series in a row I'm not that enthusiastic about, Be Foreigners and this series. So I'm very much looking forward what you're going to do and perhaps you're going to do the Lord of the Rings series. Although it will take a few weeks until then. So what do you do in between? Well, I'm not opposed to some extra fringe episodes. On the other hand, you also could consider doing the Lord of the Rings films, the movies, as a preparation to the series. Okay, coming back to not last week's podcast, but the podcast about episode 6. You were talking about Archive as a very recommendable movie, Wayne. 
And Dave was talking about his actor or character crushes. And you were talking about Jessica Brown Findlay of Brave New World, which I mentioned a few podcasts ago. And then I heard that in archive there is Rona Mitra nah, talking about crushes. I'm surely going to watch that. I watched the trailer and the funny thing was that when the trailer was finished, it immediately went to the trailer of The Last Ship. And that's, of course, uh, also a series where Rona Mitar plays an important role. Archive should not be mistaken by the 2022 film Archive 81. And that's about an archivist who finds all kinds of old tapes of a filmmaker and tries to reconstruct his work and it also has something to do with uh, with a cult so that's quite something different once you were reviewing the movie i had as a patreon gift um, so that you checked out 10 of my favorite movies and one of them was doomsday and you both never had seen that but was quite positive about it and that was of course with the very tough and a bit tomb raider like rona mitra Okay, I got my order of my feedback completely mixed up. First talking about what I thought about the whole series, and then talking about what you're going to do, and then talking about coming back to two podcasts ago. And now I'm going into episode 8 of Outer Range. I think the episode was quite predictable. Perry jumping in the hole, and perhaps even the whole closing after that was quite predictable. There is nothing to gain for him anymore in this world and he expects Rebecca there. What I didn't see coming that is that Rebecca just went away and not into the hall and picked up Amy. I thought the whole chase with Billy, uh, Autumn and Royal and all the shooting, there was so much shooting that I found it actually unlikely that nobody got hit. What also was likely, of course, is that Autumn is Amy. Well, there is just a scar at the same spot as where Amy had a cut. And not every cut becomes a scar. So, but okay, that's the message this series gives us. But she is clearly coming from the future somehow. You had some puzzles about her trust fund. Well, when she came from the future with a backpack of money... She could have put that in a trust fund herself. And that Red would go away is, of course, also predictable. What I found very symbolic is in the end that Olivia pushed over the table because this table is such a symbol for family gathering and being one family. She just shoves it and the family is gone. She really literally says that. I think the end with Royal saying, no, she is not gone, referring to Amy, is a opening, of course, for a second season. But as you can understand, although I'm curious, I'm not very much excited about that. Okay, that will be all for Outer Range. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Now, we've mentioned, and I'll mention it again in our sign-out, that we are going to cover the film Archive next. And Fred mentions uh, being in love with Rona Mitra, or 
you know, whatever, Fred. Um, yeah, I love her as well. I have seen a few episodes of The Last Ship. I'm not sure why I never went on. God, what's a dude? He was in Firefly, that, that he's one of the main characters in The Last Ship. Um, oh, the, the, the goofy guy. Alan the, Tudyk? No, no. He, um, I can't. He's the only other guy besides. Oh, uh, um, I bet, I bet, uh, the, um, yeah. Baldwin, Adam Baldwin. Yes, right, 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 right. Um, he's in that as one of the main characters, and it's so his character is so different than than Jane. So anyway, Fred, I have seen Archive eighty one, as he points out, not to be confused with the film we're going to do. Archive eighty one is a series that I thought was pretty good. I think I mentioned it during the podcast at one point. Not quite sure what to make of it, but it was pretty fascinating. You know, he mentions Perry screwing over the family, which of course he does, but. You know, you you never know. Maybe he does the family a favor. I guess we shall see. And then, uh, you know, the chase scene, I, I again, I think it reinforces how dark Royal has gotten. And then, as I point out, I think then the epiphany he has as he's, you know, looking at, at Amy lying on the ground or Autumn, rather, lying on the ground. So uh, anyway, um, anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we talked about, you know, during the, um, you know, during uh, the ep- episode and everything. Um, well, one thing, you know, he does bring a good point, like, that obviously this Amy, we assume from the future, like, she would have had the, you know, we were wondering, like, she obviously sitting on a ton of, of money. Um, and she's calling her mother throughout the, the season saying, you know, I need, send me the money, send me the money with everything. And actually, do, do, I don't know if the money ever comes to her, right? Like, well, can, well, we don't see that. And that would then go back to what you've said repeatedly, that, that the show jumps around in, in terms of, you know, the, where the characters are. So we see her in the bank. There's no reason to think the transfer is not going to come through, but we just don't see it happen. Right. But also, what we also haven't seen is the person at the other end of the phone. True. If there is someone at the other end of well, the phone. Well, we hear his voice, I think, in, in this episode when she's asking about how long it's going to take for you know the ranch to go into default before I can – she doesn't say before I can buy it, but we know that's what she means. So in terms of how much money she has, I, I got to believe she's got a boatload. So whether it's yeah. that – well, she, she would have had, she would have had to physically bring because, like you said before, like okay, if she you know made money off of either the sale of the ranch or whatever because she's Amy, but that you know she wouldn't have that money yet. She would have had to physically carry a ton of cash back through time with her, right? Well, I think now what we, I, I think what I feel is that she didn't get the money from buying the ranch uh, from selling it. She bought the ranch, and that. Again, those Derricks that we've talked about, you know, what are they bringing up the black dust is, uh, you know, has she, she turned time travel yeah. into a you know business? I mean, we don't know ex- exactly what the deal is, but it does seem in that one scene back in the end of episode two that that it does seem to be kind of a, a I don't want maybe the word dystopian is is a little heavy-handed but there are a lot of armed guys you know right in uniform well, but again i mean luke's there so it just kind of calls the question of what we're actually seeing there right so um but yeah um, but, but, but albeit like if she's a time traveler 
she had to, you know, like I said, I mean, she like physically had to bring cash with her from the future. Right. Yeah. So, so. Um, how that worked or how she's able to finance herself would be, another, again, it's another question that, that we, we have here. She put it in her Apple wallet and she just, you yeah, know, there you go. All right. Well, Fred, thank you, Scott. Thank you. Um, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and leave it there unless you've got any final thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, we'll leave it there. As we said, we're going to cover the film archive next. And as we mentioned last week, we are going to tackle the new Lord of the Rings. Is it called the Power of the Ring? I think the Ring of Power. The Ring of Power. Okay, we're going to tackle that. Uh, you know, about uh, three weeks into the future when it releases in September. But uh, that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Outer Range anything going on in your sci-fi world you're already a member of the facebook group perfect start posting if you haven't already emails to go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com we'll be back next week to talk about the sci-fi film archive but until then yeah dave i was really hoping that i would understand this this show a little more at the end because then everything in the world around me would have a little bit more meaning